Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to Get Coach 360, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. Welcome to another episode of Get Coach 360. In this episode, Chris sits down with Kate Martin, a business coach for personal trainers. Kate discusses how to make the most of your time by spending it on things that are authentic to your unique skills and experience, and also about the value of making real human connections with those you want to be working with while not stressing about offering yourself to those who won't gain value. Kate also applies these concepts to social media and discusses understanding your target audience and growing your followers by doing those things that are natural to you, making your content meaningful, being consistent, and a dash of strategy such as repurposing content to further make the most of your time. And, as always, we'll close with Kate sharing her advice for how you can take action now to level up wherever you need it most. Hi, Kate. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Get Coach Podcast. Glad to have you on as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's an honor. You are officially the longest distance guest I've had. Do you want to share <laughs> where you're from? I am 90 minutes south of Melbourne, and Melbourne is the city that's 10 hours south of Sydney in Australia. Yeah. Uh, right near Bells Beach. <laughs> beautiful country for those of you that have not visited. Uh, I highly recommend it. But um, yeah, super glad to have you on because uh, one of the, the topic that we're going to be discussing, uh, especially right now where, when we record this during the COVID-19 pandemic is, I think, very relevant uh, for a lot of businesses to survive. But before we get into that, I'd love if you could share your story and your journey as to how you got to where you're at right now. Thanks, Chris. So right now and for the last several years, I've been 100% online just coaching coaches and those coaches, 90% of them are personal trainers and the other 10% are any kind of health and wellness coach. And that's because my background is I'm a massage therapist. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a nutritionist. And I've been in that industry since I was 20. I'm now actually 19 and I'm now 42. <laughs> so I won't drag the story out for too long, but obviously it was a passion. Personal trainers love helping people. Um, by the time I was 23 in that industry, I was already starting to actually, I had had staff. I opened a couple of massage clinics. I didn't know how to massage at the time, so I had to go and then learn. I like running multiple things across multiple locations. I've moved a lot. Um, and I always had that really inquisitive mindset of, oh, but why? Why do we do that? Why is that not working? So I started my career in Fernwood, which is a women's gym, and the manager would always get annoyed at me. Why are you asking those questions? Just go do that course. I can't answer any further technical questions. So that, And I had a, an injury of my own. So that led me onto the path of how to get really technical with helping people's, literally helping people's spines after either bad posture or an accident had changed the way they were living and they were probably impeded by pain. And then around 10 years into my career, I'm sorry, and along the way I moved a lot of locations. So I had to start again, sometimes in someone else's gym, sometimes in a small studio, sometimes outdoors doing boot camps and setting up massage as well. So 
by nature, I'm a very kind of networky person. I love humans. So I used to just ring personal trainers out of the yellow pages, if you know what that is, knowing your age. And I'd just call the local ones in the area and see what it was like to work in that area and then build a network like that way before the days of social media. And then I started a method as well of doing seminars and workshops because I like teaching. And it turns out personal trainers like teaching as well. 2004, I started teaching other personal trainers because people were asking me, how do you have that skill set of being able to fix that person so that they can run again, that kind of thing. So the personal trainers that were in the local area, wherever I was, this started in Sydney at the time, they would send me their clients, I'd help them get better. So then the trainers wanted me to teach them. So in 2004, I started teaching other trainers. And ever since 2004, I've had both businesses going. I've had myself going as a personal trainer often with one, two, three or four other contractors that I have helping me to service clients, most of the time in other people's big box gyms, sometimes in various gyms at the same time. If all this is making sense. And then at the same time, I used to have personal trainers come to me. We'd meet literally in a cafe, often outside the gym, and we'd do it every week where I'd help them with their business and or whatever the gaps were in their technical expertise as well. And several years ago, I really wanted to be able to go location free and focus on one or the other. So I left my business 90 minutes away with the contractor that was running it at the time. And I just started and I actually started promoting. So I told people that I did the thing, which is one of the things with online. You literally just have to tell people that you do the thing or they don't know because you can't remain a secret. So I... I became a single mother, actually, sorry, in the middle of that in 2010. So I really need to, wow, that was hard. I really needed to learn about how to get my entire business done and still earn some money, well, a lot of money, really, because I went to zero, really, again, and that was hard. And I think those hard moments actually really define you, to be honest. But not only being a mother, and I've, I've only got one child, and I say single mother, I'm not single, but I'm single financially and I don't live with my partner. That taught me, as well as me spending probably between eighty dollars and $100,000 on coaches and mentors, and there weren't a lot of round, and it was harder to pick who you wanted to work with. And I did um, have some very expensive, very expensive lessons, which are all good. But that moment in time... I stopped learning about the technical expertise of how to literally manipulate somebody's spine and help them with their movement patterns or their digestion. And I started focusing that kind of questions and the why, et cetera, onto business and realizing actually that, and this is what I teach my coaches now is there's a very big disconnect between learning from people in the online world and understanding your genius as a coach anyway, because personal trainers and health coaches are extremely good with building rapport. We're very good at making people feel comfortable straight away. Mm -hmm. So we don't generally need a lot of the tech funnel stuff, but then we get caught in the online world thinking that we need all of that stuff. So that's just something that I've realized and I've spent a lot of money realizing. And then so the last three years, all I've done is run a VIP group of coaches through a 90-day course and I help them find the gaps within their business, whether it's marketing or the way they package and price their things because people often don't have variations of low end and high end they, right. they usually just have low end so they live like a starving artist which is a real shame and then we figure out what their genius is as in how they really like to help people and then when they can put more passion and, and time and energy into that 
it makes those one or two hours that they might have to literally work a day or a week, which is what growing a, having a small child, raising a small child and only having maybe 15 hours a week to work literally made me realize what I was doing really needed to make an impact. It wasn't, you know, I can't compare myself to the, so I'm going to be sexist for a second. I can't compare myself to the guys sometimes that I was trying to learn from where you must hustle until two or 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, I did mm. that once or twice, but I know, I know you've got a small kid too, Chris, so you know yeah. exactly what it's like. You're up enough, yeah. let alone to be, you know, building websites and all that kind of stuff, messaging people, really trying to put the hustle on. So I want every coach to know that they can still be themselves. They can still grow a business in whatever way, shape or form they want. And that if they're transferring to online, especially during this climate, they still really need to and get to focus on themselves and getting their message out there correctly in a way that people can then understand that, oh, this is how you help me. And to stop being the best kept secret. Um, yeah. Does that kind of explain it? So for the last three years, all I've done is coach people in that and then helping them find their genius to make their lives better. And the majority of them are mothers. So I understand what it's like to literally only have 15 hours a week to yeah. work. And often one of the things that will sprout out of that is that sometimes even in the 15 hours a week to work, which means you've got to be health productive, they can often become the main breadwinner in the families. And I think just even changing that whole social financial structure is a very interesting um, conversation as well. For sure. Yeah, there's, I appreciate you sharing. There's, um, there's a few things in there that I, I want to kind of dig into a little bit. One of the things that I, I think for me, like the big value that you're, you're presenting and talking about and, and had to go through was how to grow a business with a limited amount of time, right? Because mm -hmm. like you said, there are, there are a lot of people out there, business gurus, business, whatever you want to call them, where their, their key message is hustle 18 hours a day and you'll get there eventually. And for some people, maybe their lifestyle allows them to do that. But, um, I, as we talked about in my, in our pre-interview call, I have a six month old, I have a full-time job. And then on top of that, I'm trying to build something on the side. I don't have 18 hours a day. I have maybe 15 hours a week, like you were saying. So would, would you say that the, one of the key things is leveraging online tools for it because you, you did say something about it, it doesn't you're not as focused on it but i guess like how does somebody take 15 hours a week and and maximize that so that they can start creating the business that uh they're looking to create and in good question and in that 15 hours though i'm speaking specifically to coaches and in their businesses in that 15 hours that they've got to work they're also consulting and helping people like this and usually on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Mm. So they really have less time than that to work on the business. And I want to stress, I made an audio about this this morning for one of my groups and my, because I was a personal trainer for so long, you get very used to being obviously very busy, but you literally have to have a break between things to eat and schedule time to go to the toilet. And if you've ever been back-to-back -back consulting clients or, you know, you're high up in your job and you've got a lot of meetings, you understand what it's like to be busting to go to the toilet and not <laughs> eat for hours. And because we're often, you know, we're at the epitome apparently of being health advisors, 
we do get used to that and we do get used to scheduling breaks and food. My business has literally been built. So I started posting things online for the fat loss health business. I'll call that in 2012 and learning about stopped learning, stopped going any further into body learning and started learning about the technical side of business. Well, I thought it was, you know, email lists, funnels, all that stuff. Yeah. How to run groups. I oh, know I've totally forgotten the question. Uh, just how, how do you, how do you squeeze out so much results with such a little amount of time? Oh, do you know what? I don't think, I think 15 hours, to be honest, is a lot of time. If you look at that in the chunk of a day, that's a yeah. hell of a lot of time. And what I was going to say, that's right. In terms of, you know, when you give yourself 15 minutes to do things, I know I personally get a lot more done in 15 minutes as far as, what's important and I think when you learn to prioritize what's important and I don't care what business you're in if you're one of the if you're the sole person and even when you're not I think it's important for you to do your message yourself anyway as in do majority of the writing the content creation your marketing is the most important thing and sales comes next to that so if you could categorize anything that you're doing into a either the marketing or sales category, meaning, and marketing can literally be the content content marketing type of marketing being put something yeah. out there that's helpful for the universe, that's helpful for the people that you want to help. And the other thing is make sure there's a call to action on things. I spent so many years not putting a call to action on things, that being tell people how they can either have access to your free group or have access to you or if that resonates with you, please just send me a message on here is the simplest one ever, but it just mm-hmm. starts a conversation. And I think people are worried about, oh, I can't put my product up. I've got to put a link and I don't want to be too salesy. But marketing is not about being salesy. It's about make a piece of content that's going to help the people that will potentially be your clients. And it's about giving. And what I know about coaches like in the health and fitness realm is we do this because we love people. We actually love humans. We love helping them. And they start to believe when they go to the online world that they can't be like that anymore, that they've got to follow that list of rules over here. It starts to feel very dry and disconnected and it doesn't need to. You can literally say, well, I'm going to create this piece of content for you. And I don't know who it was that, because there's a couple of people, coaches in our industry, and I mean coaches of the body that know strength and conditioning coaches that will say, used to say, don't give too much of your stuff away. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe it at all. It's worked for me enormously Um, as being a single mother in the health and fitness realm only. I got that income to way over six figures. I had five mortgages approved just from running that business alone. And so for a bank to say yes to a single mother in any kind of climate, you've got to claim a lot of money. You've got to pay a lot of tax and a lot of bills. Yeah. And you've got to do it for a certain amount of time. So what I'm saying is not, and that's not even from the coaching business that I run now. So it, it works to give out content. So let yourself be of service to your clients and let yourself be generous is a really big tip for, for sure. what do you create in that 15 minute increment and then put a call to action on it. And that means you can tick the box that you've done sales and marketing online yeah. for the day. Yeah. <laughs> some of the most successful uh, people as far as like the online space and in building businesses online, the I think one of the most common things is the fact that they give so much of their knowledge and information for free 
and then a very small percentage of it is behind the, the a paywall of some sort we'll say so whether it's coaching a course uh, a, a subscription service like a membership or whatnot so i i 100 agree with that that statement and so when 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 a business owner is making that kind of transition to offline to online what would be i guess what would be kind of um your guidance and your advice to them to help them create content because I think that's the the biggest struggle that a lot of people have. I'll admit I'm one of them where I'm going like, I want to grow a following on, I don't know, Instagram, or I want to add more content to my website or whatever it is. I go, I don't know what to talk about. So how do you help them through that, that ridiculous roadblock? And it's almost like writer's block, it feels like, but how do you, how do you mm-hmm. coach them through that? So good question, because there's a couple of points when you are coaching somebody and they're actually in your program doing your thing, and you would know this because you've done coaches, you probably used coaches and done people's programs, but it's not so much about the information that you get given. It's about the coach helping to tailor it to what's the right, what are the right steps for you? Because that's an individual process, just like all of us coaches, like with the body and health know that as much as we might give away free templates, when the person comes to you, you're going to tailor that to the person and there's also often an underlying issue with self-belief that they won't be able to do the thing as well, which is a very big problem with just buying something online and then hoping to step yourself through, which I think coaches actually solve a massive gap there because it's literally keeping somebody on your team, somebody that's done it before, stepping you through the process to do it faster. Um, in relation to growing followers, I want to point out the fact that I've never personally had very many followers online mm. and having followers, I mean, have a look at my Instagram. I so I look at other people's Instagrams with so much envy. I just can't keep it tidy. I'm not one of those aesthetic people that, and anytime I go to plan stuff, which brings me to the point that you really have to get to know and work within your own nature of, are you better at planning content and putting it out? Or are you better at just doing it as you're inspired? And if that's the case, you must make sure you make yourself inspired every day by remembering what your mission is and how you help people. But the main, how to make content and to attract the people that are easiest for you to work with, actually, I think it's always a good idea to focus on that because it makes your job and your life easier and you can do more volume, whether you do it one-on-one or you're doing groups, it's irrelevant. So you literally think of your ideal person that you've perhaps had success with or the maybe one or two of the funnest things that you know made life easy with that person and write down all the problems and everything that you did with that person and parts of their journey literally stick yourself with a pen to a paper for 30 minutes and do something like that journaling is an incredibly um eye-opening activity but also from an energy, I'm going to go fluffy on you here from this perspective. I never <laughs> used to be like this, but tell you what, it's, it's really true. The more energy and time you spend on a subject, even if you think that it might be a little bit of a waste of time, it literally does help you to not only call the clients in from an energetic perspective, but when you are writing, say you're writing two or three lines for some post on social media, because it's meant to be that kind of, you know, ad hoc brand and it's totally different to corporate. And that's, I find people find, oh, how do I bring it over and, you know, make it all proper? Social's not meant to be proper. 
you are meant to kind of adopt the feeling of taking up as much space as possible. But the difference is making it meaningful. And if you can hook into that story of the person that you helped, maybe even share stories, stories work really, really well. Give a couple of pieces of, of advice for somebody else that's reading that and literally pretend you're talking to that person before they started work with you mm. and then make sure there's a call to action on the stuff. Um, you know, I didn't get those mortgages approved. Like this was between 10 and five years ago. I didn't get them approved because I have 10,000 followers on any of my business pages or anything. It was because I had a real life business. I had real life connections. I post to my personal profile as well. A lot of people are very scared of doing that. And I'm talking about Facebook because they think, oh, no, my, my, my clients don't want to see that. They, I mean, my friends don't want to see that. I'm going to like, make their eyes fall out of their head if I do it all. They're all going to hate me. I don't know what we think. Mm-hmm. But there, there is a lot, of, a lot of fear about that around showing up, especially with women. But as soon as they start to do it and post some stuff on their personal page, natively, not sharing it from their business page, you soon realise that that network that you have, they all know 500 to 1,000 people like in real life and they refer you business. Right. So you can literally grow the whole thing organically without necessarily have to having to grow followers. One of the tactics, and I'll just <laughs> finally answer the question with this, that I'm getting my coaches to do at the moment because of the online situation. And we're one of the lucky businesses. They've all been able to switch to virtual, like within 48 hours, they were doing their yeah. sessions like that. The problem is still how to show up. The benefit at the moment is because so many people are at home almost waiting to be interviewed is that if you can do that with the point of this is going to help the people who are in my back end, not what can I sell, that's when things feel disconnected. And if you just worry about helping your clients, hooking back into that makes you feel better about your business, but it also helps you do your marketing. And if you worry about helping your clients, obviously, like I'm now on your podcast, and I'm exposed to your people and your people are exposed to me, mine to you, etc. So we're actually using that as a marketing um, tactic at the moment, I'm making them, making them, I'm suggesting and they better do it or it won't work, is that like very frequently they're interviewing people mm. and it's exactly what's happening. They're accidentally picking up clients from other continents. Um, you know, I have a couple of people in the US as well. So it's, that's a, it's a really good way to grow is to let yourself be exposed to other people. Yeah. It's very true. So are they, are you, is your advice to, to do podcasts or to go on more podcasts? Is that what you were doing? Uh, that's, that's one of the ways to do it. At the moment we're doing Facebook lives and getting okay. Zoom and streaming to Facebook live. But as you know, you record Zoom, then you've got the audio and you can upload it to the anchor.fm app and all of a yep. sudden you've got a podcast yep. as well. That's how I'm doing it. So I record these videos. The audio goes to anchor.fm, which then pushes out to eight, nine different podcasts, uh, basically distributors like Apple, Google, and all that. Uh, And then I take the video and I post it to YouTube. And then I trim out little sections and that starts going to like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. So yeah, so you're repurposing it it everywhere. I I mean, just knowing that and you setting up this business, I mean, I would be, if I was you helping, sorry, I'm just going to go into two minutes of advice. So why do I have to do, do that? I can't do it. No, 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 because you're a coach. <laughs> that's why I love, that's why I love coaches because they're just like, oh, wait, I, I've got some advice. I want to share it. <laughs> I've go got an it. idea for you. Hey, I want you to do it. <laughs> constantly messaging clients. Ah, oh, this is the secret message behind why you, you um, do coaches. 
is I, I thought of doing this yesterday because I'm, con I'm full of two ideas. I can't execute all the ideas that I've come up with. So here's an idea. Uh, somebody make a list or a very, very short video that shows you how to redistribute or repurpose your content, meaning how to put one piece of content in various other places. Yeah. Um, and I think understanding everybody's constitution is different. So some people, this is why some people can use two channels of social media quite easily. Some can use 15 quite easily. Some can stay up till 2 a.m. in the morning and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I've noticed yoga, my yoga clients are very different and very different pace to people who are constantly doing triathlons that run three um, gyms. Very different pace, obviously. Everyone still has things that hold them back. Um, but it's honestly not even about smoothing out the things that hold you back at all. I mean, you've got to be happy to let your email inbox or let some of the stuff go, let the tidying of the house go. That stuff is not important. Keep your child alive, keep yourself alive. Yeah. And then focus on the fact that you're helping other people and focus in on that as often as possible. Yeah. So I'll be I making a piece of content for somebody to how to repurpose your stuff. Sorry. No, no, no. I like that because there's, it is, it's a topic that has come up. There are a few big people out there uh, who who teach it kind of idea. They all have different names for it. So Gary Vanderchuk is very well known for sharing this kind of a strategy and approach. Um, Russell Brunson and some of the people that are, are kind of in his world talk about it. But surprisingly, it doesn't get talked about a lot. And it's it really is the easiest way to get a lot of content, though I still say I struggle with content is you record a video conversation and you've got video, audio, and written if you want, because I transcribe the conversations as well. Uh, I, I, it needs a little bit of cleaning up because I just use a, a free automated software. Um, but then that goes on the website. So now I've got written, I've got video, I've got audio, and then there is more work that goes into like trimming it out and piecing it into mm. the, the micro content is the other stuff. But um, it all just comes down to having a good system, having a good process. So maybe that's, maybe that'll be something I'll share with somebody. Yes, Kate. Yeah, you... that's a great idea. I <laughs> always thought that I needed to be a good system and process person because yeah. I make so much content and then I think, oh, I'm going to repurpose that. So I'll repurpose it. But if it gets to the next day and I still haven't done my, I could do 25 to 35 steps, you know, as you could, but it's so dry for me. Like I just mm. don't get any juice out of it. If I have to do something, and this is why I say to my people, look, I'm I'm quite lazy. I will still help you shortcut things as long as you don't come in with the attitude of I'm going to be rich quick and mm. this is a shortcut. I still think that when you're doing the right thing for you in an, in business or in your body or anything, you will get traction within four weeks. You, you should still notice traction within a short amount of time if you're doing the right thing that's based on easy for you because it's your personality as long as whatever you put out there if you're repurposing your stuff make sure there's a call to action on it of how people can work with you and if you don't have a big group program to start with i just went off topic but anyway that's fine um, then start with just one-on-one -on -one helping people Maybe like with you now, it's one-on-one -on -one helping people. I know you've got a service for people that you probably help them with anyway, but it could be one-on-one -on -one helping people to do whatever the thing is. And when you've done even just a few of those people, if you're a new beginner coach, and even if when coaches are starting online, they still feel like they're new and that they don't know what they're doing, even if they've got 20 years experience. 
So it feels like you're starting again. Every time you go into a new niche, it will still feel like that anyway. I know every time I used to move suburbs or interstate, it would feel like I'm starting again and I'm a fraud or I don't know what I'm doing. And when you start a new program online, you still think, well, do I know enough? But you soon get used to um, you do know enough and that it's okay. <laughs> so you've you've gone through that that experience quite a few times, right? You mentioned every time you move or you try a new product or or you're launching something new, it seems to be um, a, a cycle that you go through that like doubt and almost like the imposter syndrome. Do you have you developed a a methodology to help yourself kind of push through that? Or, or is it because you've done it so many times, you just have to kind of remind yourself, just, Kate, stop it. Like, you're, you know your stuff. Just keep going. Even though right now you're doubting yourself, just keep going. It is a matter of that and becoming aware of it. I think if people are aware that it's going to happen, it's normal. And then you feel like, oh, it's okay. These are actually normal feelings the voices that you choose to listen to in your head, and we've all got, you know, 10 to 20 conversations that are going on in there often at once. One, they're not necessarily your thoughts because I think our brains pick up signals like radio transmissions. But two, you can choose which ones to listen to. But most importantly, the third one, if you're a coach and you help other people, that's the thing to focus on because when you start making it about yourself, it will go into a downward spiral always. Like. Every single time I help a client and all my clients are the same, they say the same thing like, oh, you know, I didn't really didn't want to get on the call or answer the phone to the person. But then all of a sudden I did the thing and I'm like lit up again because when you focus, obviously when you don't focus on yourself, I actually think this is a big cure for depression as well. If people would stop thinking about what's going on in here and worry yeah. about helping humanity in some way, shape or form and getting hooked into the bigger cause of what it is you do and how you do it and how it's actually impacting humanity, like a goal so big that it scares you, it will get you out of the small mundane, oh, did I remember to repurpose it to the 57th thing <laughs> over here? Like, Well, because I can get stuck in the details like that and then I feel bad because I'm not a systems and process person and sometimes I forget to cross my T's and dot my I's. Literally, I always have, where even when I write a blog post, I'm not a great speller. I'm getting much better. But it's, um, you can't let it hold you back because the art's the art and you're helping people actually isn't art. Yeah. And it's good fun. Yeah, I agree with that statement quite a bit as far as I, I, I'm, I think we're on the same page as far as I think lots of people, the, the depression, the anxiety that they're feeling, they, they could get rid of it or at least significantly reduce it if they would just take their focus off of themselves and start focusing on other people. I don't know why there, I'm sure there's like even scientific or medical reasons behind it, but it, it works. I've personally mm -hmm. gone through the journey myself. So uh, I know that the more I stopped focusing on my own things and started looking to just help others, it just, it lifted me up quite a bit. Um, I, I also had a bit of a recommendation for you on the topic of spelling. Are you familiar with the app <laughs> Grammarly? Oh, yes, I do yeah. have it on. Oh, <laughs> Grammarly is amazing. I, I don't even worry about my spelling and, and sentence structure and all that now. I, I still feel like I'm a fairly decent writer, but Grammarly is just like my safety net. It just catches all those little issues that uh, 
I, I think it's it's much better than a word processor. I feel, anyways. But anyways. Oh, who just, even uses just thought just thought it, just thought I would share that with you. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Actually, you've got lots of tips like that. Yeah, and maybe that's what I should be sharing. Is I I mean, this is the kind of stuff like systems and processes. Uh, my day job currently, I'm a process manager. And that's not like, this is a brand new thing for me, but I've always liked systems and processes. I like building a way to make things work seamlessly and, and work uh, in a, a automated is great, but even if it's not automated, just like here's step one, here's step two, dot, 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 and all of the checks and balances. So anyways, um, Amazing. I, I wanted to ask about, so you're, when, when, because you mentioned you're like, I don't, you don't need a big following online to grow a business. And there's, there's been a, I've heard this advice a couple of times where they're like, you actually just need to build a, whether you want to call it a tribe uh, or, or um, a family or whatever term you want to use, but like anywhere from 500 to a thousand. And another term that they use was like raving fans or true fans or whatever it is. And, and you're good. You can build a very successful business around that small group. But how do you, how did you find them? I guess, like, what was, what, where did you find your, your tribe and the, the people that you are working with? Was it online? Was it mainly face to face or was it a, a bit of a blend of everything? Actually, good question, because I think it's, a lot of us get imposter syndrome, like, and it's made even more pronounced and exaggerated when we compare ourselves to other people. And that person may have got to where they got by using various other methods. I know of two people in, and I'll come back and answer the thing about building relationships is, is key. And anyone that's a coach has actually got, you know, thousands of relationships organically anyway. Um, I know of two girls who are very big kind of in the online coaching industry. That's in, in my country in Australia, but obviously they're online now. One built her business via doing seminars and workshops. And that's how she built her online business because she built her list that way. And then it became easier. And then she chose to just do online courses because she's an introvert. Actually, the other one's an introvert as well. And the other one built her email list by getting, so you could use either of these, but she got a lot of her blog posts and she's, claims to be writer now but she got a lot of her writing onto very large publication websites mm. so that brings people back to your own website and then you build the email opt-in myself i've always been really good at building relationships via a seminar model like which i accidentally figured out nobody told me to do that i like talking i find it easier than writing so again it's the whole tuning into what's natural to you and do it easily so we, whatever of those models is easier for you to use, just focus down on it. So getting into big publications is actually very easy. Um, and then make sure you have some kind of gift or opt-in so that when people go back to your website, that helps you grow your email list. And then you nurture it literally by giving them good content. Now, one of the, one of the misconceptions I think about funnels is that somebody, if you even know what that is, and I presume you do if you're in the online world, that it's all techie and has to be hard, that people need to go from your low-end product through to your medium, through to your high. Yeah. Um, in the, and I'll never forget the first day that I offered somebody a high-end product. And there's the story about that, which was in my fat loss business, was a $3,000 online product. 
it was to a lady in America, the story about how I felt every cell in my body changed when I literally told this woman the price. She didn't say yes, but it didn't matter. I was a different person. Mm. All of a sudden I had a high-end product that I had for sale that I told someone about in America, so I was really a different person. Now, the majority of people for the business, that's the fat loss business, the majority of people for the business that I've got now, which is just coaching personal trainers, have found me through my free Facebook group. Really? Not because I spam them with anything, but because I literally introduce them to myself as a human being when they come into the group. Not yeah. because I have the intention to sell them something. And this is the disconnect. You can't go to online and all of a sudden pretend to care about people, try to learn about algorithms, try to learn about funnels from this person, that person, the other. You, if you want to have a relationship with human beings, you have to like humans. If you don't, then just go be, I don't know Gary Vee says this, but it's just so true. Go and do something else with plants or become a programmer. So, because people can smell it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with programming. I did IT but when I left school as well. Um, so the relationships have been built sometimes that way in my face, my free Facebook group. I don't have a huge email list. Um, when I started the just the online personal training business coaching, which has been the last couple of years, even though I've been training them for a decade, I only did high end as well, which means, you know, if I convert less than 70%, it doesn't really matter because that course is four figures. Mm -hmm. And then I make sure there's a certain amount of people that I'm presenting to, which means I've got to really speak to the right people because I can't help new coaches. And I've realized because of the, if they're trying to sell something to their own clients and there's a disconnect, they don't really believe that they can help them. They can't, they can't, and they shouldn't be selling what they're selling. Right. They really need to get the experience first. And I also think that I will break people that haven't worked for themselves for a few years because it's actually really hard <laughs> to work for yourself. Yeah. So that's, that's my ethos. I know a lot of people will try and just convert everybody, but I'm the only coach that coaches my group. I'm the only one that does any enrollment or sales calls. I call them enrollment calls because not everybody gets offered the thing. So I went straight to high end. Um, why? Because I just know that that course provides at least 10 times the value of what they pay for it. And if I can't figure that out in that call and figure out where I'm going to get that value from in that person's business and services, and I won't offer them the thing. I actually often refer them to a guy over in America that works with some lower-end coaches online doing um, more beginner stuff. But the main thing is relationships. So it doesn't really matter where it is. I'll never forget. I don't even know who it was. I followed somebody on Instagram and straight away they sent me a voice message, which I'd never seen. I don't even know how to use Instagram on, properly. On Instagram? They sent me a voice message on Instagram saying, hey, thank you so much for connecting. Thank you for the follow what would you most like to know about? What can I make some content for you about? I thought that, wow, that was weird. That was new. Wow, I'm talking to a human. I'm not. I didn't reply. How rude of me, by the way. Always reply to somebody <laughs> when they send you a message because there's a human on the other end. We forget that there's a human. Yeah. Focus on the fact that you like helping people. There's a relationship there. Don't try to sell them anything in the first couple of messages. I've always just gone content marketing. So I'll get them in the group and then tag them on a couple of things that will be helpful. Honestly, when they go through, you know, a few minutes of your stuff, they know if they've got a problem and you can help them. If you're making sure you outline, I guess, how you can help people, but also the problems that you solve. Right. And talking about the emotions as well. That's pretty important. People miss that. Yeah. It's so I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times in different episodes, but I just, 
I get so excited when I start hearing common advice and one that's actually been coming out really recently. Um, it's probably just due to the nature of the topics we were talking about is that relationship and, and human to human connection. And it seems what, like one of those things where you're like, well, duh, that makes so much sense. But as, as it's, it's, there's so much truth to it that it really is, you could consider it a first principle. If you are going to grow a business of any sort that involves people, you need to love people. If you don't, don't even bother trying, right? And being an introvert does not mean you don't love people, which is, is such a terrible stigma around that classification. As you mentioned, the two ladies who are introverts, myself, I would actually be more on the introverted side of the scale of things. I like people a lot. I just, I get exhausted when I'm in large group settings. <laughs> That's about the difference, right? So yeah, I just, I love the fact that you shared that because it is so true that it's, it's just all about your, to almost get a little bit on the woo woo side, like it's just about the amount of love that you can give and, and the universe will like repay you back. Always. Can I say, if you were to work on one thing, then you work on opening your heart, worrying about your vibration and don't worry about your Facebook ads. Your Facebook ads won't actually work. And it comes down to, I really get annoyed at all the marketing terms of build no like trust factor and play the long game. Like, <laughs> I just feel like it's like cutting off your leg to do the other thing. So how can that not be common sense? Yeah. Yeah. We've, this has been a fun conversation because we have gone kind of all over the place, which is great. I'm glad we did because that's kind of the way I like to do these, these episodes, but with everything that we did talk about, Kate, what would be that one thing you would want the audience to take away and, and take action on so that they could level up? That social media is meant to be a free-for-all. It's meant to be a mess. What you put up there doesn't have to be tidy. You being trying to be perfect is actually a form of fear. You must put your content, your little tip of the day of whatever it's called, your help out there to help your people or they will not know that you exist. They also won't know that you've got any products or services. So put a call to action on stuff about one of your products or services and you're not going to burn people's eyes because they scroll past. <laughs> they see your things and put your stuff out there. Otherwise, people won't know. They don't knock on your door to give you some money <laughs> as much as you <laughs> like it. Yeah, no, I I really like that. It's um, uh, I'll admit it's something I'm almost struggling with right now because it's I find it, I think that's what it is, is I, I've got like this weird fear of like, but what if people don't like the content I put out there, even though I'm trying to help them? At the end of the day, it's like, who cares? <laughs> like, As long as my intentions are there of, of I'm doing this because I want to help anybody who's willing to listen. And, and whether it's my followers or people, followers of followers, or doesn't really matter. As long as one person takes value out of it, that should be what I I. I strive for and aim for. I think that should be what everybody strives for because then it takes that fear out of it. And, and yeah, it's the, the vanity metrics of it are, are terrible. So thank you for sharing that. I think that was fantastic. One of the tips to make yourself do something like that, Chris, and which I forgot to say, but I do need to say this is if you make yourself publicly accountable. So if you say on that social media platform, I'll be back at 10 AM to do a live video and I'm going to cover the topics of X, Y, Z. 
Yeah. You're going to look like a person that can't show up to do the thing that can't be a person of their word, which is also critical to you being able to run a business. Yeah. So you're more likely to do it. Even if it's the next seven days, I'm going to share seven posts. And then that's what you do. Seven tips to overcome the thing, make yourself publicly accountable, publicly accountable. That helps. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, it's whether you're publicly accountable to a lot of people or even just one, like even these podcasts, there's certain days where I'm just like, I'm exhausted. I, I don't know if I have the energy to do an interview or a call tonight, but it's booked. And my commitment I made at the beginning was if we book this, I know I'm going to show up. So you better show up too. And, and no matter how I feel. So I, that's why I very much appreciate when people show up regardless of what's going on with them. And, and it's awesome. So, uh, but on that note, I'd love if you could share, where could people find you if they wanted to connect and, and learn a little bit more about you? Um, the easiest thing is my website, which is katemartinmentor.com. Perfect. And I know there's more because you mentioned the Facebook group, but uh, I'll make sure to include all that stuff in the show notes with whatever you provide. So thank you. Thank you for being a guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and you've got a whole day ahead of you, whereas I'm going to be going to bed soon. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Chris, for the time and for the effort that you bothered to put into this. It's great. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Get Coach 360. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoach360.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.